Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Good morning, Joe Welke here. And that was Marin Morris driving circles around this town. Always reminds me of all the roundabouts that are out and about out there and driving circles around. It is cold this morning. We are sitting at one degree here in Eau Claire with the real feel of 14 below. And it's only in the single digits most of the places around the area. And, you know, we're back to the winter weather driving conditions. So give yourself extra time and make sure you give yourself time to stop at those stop signs because on my ride up this morning, the roads are plowed. Well, most of the way. My road was drifted over again after he plowed it last night. But they're in pretty good driving condition. But remember, it's winter again. So let's slow down. Give yourself time to stop and make sure you give yourself enough space in between other vehicles. We've got a lot of chores to get through today. We're going to talk about U.S. farm numbers. We're going to talk about requests for more inspectors at the U.S. ports. And we're going to talk about the soybean farmers using crop protection plans to encourage sustainability in their soybean crops. And farm ground rents are up. I also had the opportunity to talk to Ben Steyer, the state FFA president. Now we're going to be hearing from him a little bit later. We've got ProVision Partners, Brad from ProVision Partners up to talk about getting that seed bed ready. And we have another audio from Bob in Hawaii. So we really do know that he is there. He'll be back, I think, sometime this weekend and back in the seat next next week so everybody will be able to see his awesome tan that he has from being (laughs) you know in that 85 degree weather is what he always tells me and i'm going to do a shout out to jason to uh quiet down those goats so he can hear what we're talking about here on the radio he uh messaged me yesterday and said he was trying to get those goats under control and they were making a lot of noise, so Jason, quiet those goats down so we can you can enjoy some of the sounds of the radio. We're five minutes before five. We're going to start with some of those chores, and we're going to head right into the news after that. Wax 104.5. Nobody words plays more country. Nobody plays more country. Wait, that might be four. Okay, our math's lousy. Wax, but the music's great. Wax 104.5. Home for local country radio and your local country morning show. This is Wax 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Wax 104.5. And Joe Welke back here with you. It's Wax here at Wax 104 in the farm news and markets. That was crazy little thing called love, Dwight Yoakam. It is 5 o'clock. We're going to run right over and hear what Mark Mayfield has for the news. President Biden is accusing Russian President Vladimir Putin of crafting a rationale to take more Ukrainian territory by force. Putin authorized Russian forces to deploy into the region, these regions. Today, he asserted that these regions are actually extend deeper than the two areas he recognized. Putin ordered troops into two breakaway regions of eastern Ukraine. Speaking at the White House, Biden called it a flagrant violation of international law and unveiled a round of financial sanctions against Russia. Putin declared the Ukrainian regions independent and said his troops would be acting as so-called peacekeepers. More American soldiers are moving into Europe where fears of war are at their highest. Ukraine is also awaiting more weapons. 
A leader there says President Biden promised to send firepower to help the country fight off a Russian invasion. Troops began arriving in two breakaway regions yesterday, forcing the Secretary of State to cancel tomorrow's meeting with his Russian counterpart. The White House expects the invasion to continue. President Biden is meeting with three possible replacements for retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. Brian Shook reports. CNN reports that sources confirmed meetings with Katanji Brown-Jackson, Leandra Kruger, and J. Michelle Childs and the president have happened. The sources also told CNN that Biden has not made up his mind about who he'll nominate. The president's decision is expected to be announced before his State of the Union address on March 1st. I'm Brian Shook. Minnesota is about to start verdict watch in the federal trial over George Floyd's death. Jurors will begin deliberating this morning after closing arguments wrapped up yesterday. Prosecutors argue three former officers did nothing to save Floyd's life during an arrest two years ago. Two are also charged with not stopping a fourth ex-cop from using excessive force. And a third straight day of negotiations is expected in Florida to save baseball's opening day. The MLB lockout enters 12 weeks tomorrow. Both sides met again yesterday without much progress. I'm Mark Mayfield. And that's a little look at our news. Let's take a look at our weather. Today, our high is supposed to be 14, partly sunny. Tonight, our low is negative 4. Tomorrow, we're supposed to get up to 19 with a low of 3, with snow likely in the p.m. Friday, high of 20. Saturday, high of 32. Sunday, high of 26. And Monday, high of 27. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Markwart Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Markwart Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. And along with that weather, let's take a look at our temperatures around the area. Sitting mostly in the single digits, Eau Claire is at 1 with a real feel of minus 14. So bundle up those kids when they're waiting for the buses. Medford and Rice Lake are, and Marshfield are all at 2. Wausau's at 5 degrees. Madison's at 7. Green Bay's at 12. And Milwaukee's the warm spot in the temperatures that I looked at at 15. Yesterday they were like at 33. Today at 15. So we'll cut that in half. Let's get on with our chores and then we're going to run right over to the markets. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to jump right in. Choice fed beef steers are 134 to 145 and a quarter with mixed at 120 to 133. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 145 with mixed coming in at 80 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 119 to 133 and a half with selects at 80 to 119. Cows are 57 to 73 with a top of 95. Bulls are 48 to a dollar. Butcher hogs are 60 to 71. Sows are 60 to 68 and a half with boars coming in at 18 to 27. New crop market lambs are 215 to 227 and a half with old crop market lambs 190 to 215. Feeder lambs are 240 to $4. Let's take a look at our futures markets. For our live cattle, February, we're at 143.75, holding steady at 50 cents. April, we're at 146 um, <laughs> and up 15 cents. June, we're at 141.90, up 40 cents. For our feeder cattle, for March, we're at 164.22. We're down one. March, for April, we're at 169.12. We're down one and a half. For May, we're at 174 and a half, down one, down one. With that market trending downward, our lean hogs for April were at 112. We're holding steady, but up two. May, we're at 115.65, up 230. 
and June we're at 121.22 up two and a half. And that's a look at our futures. So let's take a look at our Chicago Great Amart Board of Trade. For corn, for March, we're at 672. We're down to oats, 702, up 22 cents. Soybeans, 1649, up 14 cents. Soybean meal, 457, $457 a ton, up $3 a ton. Wheat, $8.79, down two. And in our dairy products, barrels are 195 and a half, up two. 40 pound blocks are 199, up a quarter. Gray AA butters at 265, down four. Class three milk for February, we're at 2089, down one cents. March 2246, up six cents. April 2286, up five cents. May 2234, down five cents. June 2201, up 11 cents. And that is trending upward through the end of the year. And our grain markets, they are falling have really made changes because of the falling South America production and the Ukraine issues. A lot of things going on around the world. South America is looking for rain and the Ukraine, you know what's going on there. So we're going to do some more chores and then we're going to run right over to the Provision Partners program and then we're going to be doing some farm news. It's time for our ProVision Partners Minute, and I have Brad Matson, the lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. Last week we talked some about the seed bed and the root bed, but let's go into a little more detail. Yeah, you know, it's really important to consider this when, when you're looking at your planting plan for this, this coming season because it's really critical on on how your fertility is going to work, how a lot of things are going to work out there. And we talked a little, you know, last week we talked about the differences between a root bed and a seed bed. And, and again, we want to talk a little bit more about that. You know, it's, that seed bed is really, really important because if you know, again, if you're trying to grow, you're not going to get a 250 bushel yield with, with a 200 bushel stand or a 150 bushel stand. So having that seed bed in a firm enough condition in the in the right structure and again that's it's easier said than done because you've got a lot of different influences between no-till and conventional till and are we using cover crops or not using cover crops and what is the actual structures and we talked a little bit about the structures last week between the, the granular which is what we're trying to achieve and the blocky and the platy and what we're seeing out there a lot of times is this platy structure so once you get past that seed bed and that root distribution, if we start seeing those blocky and platy uh, soil structures out there, that's going to really limit the effect of how the plants are going to retrieve the fertility that's out there in your soils. So it's also going to have a huge impact on rooting depth as far as grabbing available moisture and extracting the moisture that's out there, taking you through the drought times and stuff. So getting out there with a shovel, looking, digging some uh, small pits, kind of taking a look at what's going out there and uh, talking to your agronomist is going to be huge in, in coming up with a plan of attack. You know, we're, we're looking at, we have so many outside influences now with carbon, with no-till, all these uh, different ways and reasons why we want to manage one way or the other, but we still have to look at what's going to be, what do we have to do to get us to the, those points and stuff. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of times with no-till, and no-till will heal itself. Well, it will, but, you know, if, if you don't fix it before you get started in that system, you're going to be fighting for quite a few years until those things are resolved and understanding uh, what those challenges are. So, again, the biggest thing I can uh, emphasize today is uh, knowing what that root zone is, what that seed bed is, because, again, that's going to unlock a lot of uh, yield potential and fertility, making better use of the fertility that you're putting out there this year. And I'm sure you have to take a look at where you're planting and your soil confirmation before you can even get started with the root and seed bed because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Well, that's what makes it so complicated because, you know, are you dealing with silt loam soils? Are you dealing with sandy loam soils? Those, those Your soil types are going to have an influence on what dictates in, in those zones and also, too. Are you dealing with uh, uh, a livestock enterprise? So you're out there with 
heavy chopping equipment, heavy manure equipment, which is going to uh, dramatically affect those types of things. The so weight of equipment is going to have an impact. Um, so it, it's really... Uh, gets quite complicated when you get down to it, but um, that's one of the quickest and easiest ways that uh, you can um, maximize the yield out of the investments that you're putting into that crop on a year-to-year basis. And even in the off-season, because we have cattle on our cornfields, and I'm sure that makes a difference for the seed bed and the root bed. Yeah, that uh, that has uh, drives that uh, uh, platy structure down quite deep, and, uh, and that's going to have a huge impact on where those roots can go down, how far they can go down, how much water that they're going to um, have available to them during the growing season. So um, cattle, I've seen images and, and where we've tested that uh, uh, pastures that had been out of production, out of pastures for 15 years, we could still see where the uh, fence line bunks were were uh, fed 15 years ago were still impacting yield on those types of things. And fence lines and pastures, uh, you could pick up 20 years after the pastures have been put into a row crop production. So it uh, it has a long, long uh, impact if you don't correct that and, and manage those types of things. The thing is to ask your agronomist questions about, you know, what type of soil uh, structure do I have if you don't understand it yourself, and uh, what can I do to what's going to be the best way to remedy any type of problems that you're finding in that soil structure uh, to enhance crop production. And that was Brad Matson, the lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. And I'm Jill Welke. Thanks, Brad, for that update. We're going to do a couple more chores, then we're going to head into the farm news. This is Scott Bissack, owner of Kofag Chevrolet. Visit our service department and experience the Kofag Chevrolet difference. Our labor rate is lower than our competitors, we don't charge for shop supplies or disposal fees, and we offer free new car loaner vehicles. We strive to provide an exceptional service experience. That's why we provide pickup and delivery service at no charge. Visit KofaxChev.com to schedule an appointment. It's always a fantastic day at Kofax Chevrolet. Eau Claire Memorial Crematory. Three generations of continuous care. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As I said before, we're going to look at some farm news. The U.S. farms and land and farms numbers are out. The total number of farms in the U.S. in 2021 is estimated at over 2 million, down 6,950 from last year. In 2021, 51% of farms had less than $10,000 in sales, and 81.5% of all farms had less than $100,000 in sales, with 7.4% of all farms with sales of $500,000 or more. Total land in farms in 2021 was over 8.95 billion acres, down 1.3 million acres. 40.9% of all land was farmed by producers earning $500,000 or more, with 30.1% of all farmland operated by farms with less than $100,000 in sales. The average farm size in 2021 was 445 acres, up only one acre from last year. Inspector, we're going to go to U.S. Soybean Farmers Use Crop Protection Plans. U.S. Soybean Farmers manage their acres with sustainability practices in mind. Weed control is top priority. Different methods include planting cover crops, developing disease-resistant seeds, and only applying pesticides when necessary at recommended amounts. Cover crops cover the weeds so they fail to grow. Planting seeds that are resistant to diseases help to control outbreaks in the soybean crop. Spraying herbicides as a tool to control weeds only under specified weather conditions, lowering boom height, reducing sprayer speed, using proper nozzle sizing, and using drift reduction agents to prevent drift, away from fields. Management according to crop and land needs is the key to protecting the environment and working towards soybean crop sustainability. Farm ground rents are up. Land rents are at the top expense. Land rents are the top expenses for farmers. Landlords may want more money for the land because market prices are up. Cash rental rates are up across the Midwest. We're going to do a couple more chores, and then we're going to head into 
uh, conversation that I had with Ben Steyer about FFA and the changes they've had to make because of COVID. We continue our celebration during National FFA Week, although some of those plans may have gotten a little uh, disheveled because of weather-related issues still. A lot of activities going on. And, Jill, uh, you got a chance to catch up with one of the fellas that's leading the charge this year. Yes, I did, Pam. I had the opportunity to talk to Ben Steyer, and he is the FFA president, state FFA president for Wisconsin, and I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. And he was talking about the COVID adjustments they've, that, that they've made and thinking ahead that maybe some of those adjustments and those virtual realities are something that they'll be able to use in the future. Yes, we certainly have kind of had to adapt this year in somewhat of a post-pandemic world, but still ongoing, kind of as you explained. Last year, as I was a state vice president, a lot of our events were virtual. It wasn't until February, the state alumni convention, that was our first in-person event as a team where we were all together with FFA members and alumni members. Um, But this year, it's been a lot more in-person things, um, but it still hasn't been full-fledged normal, so to speak, whatever that new normal is. A lot of our conferences and workshops have adjusted somewhat so that it's maybe a little more compact. We have the conference in one day rather than some in the evening and then some the next morning with an overnight stay. I know some school districts aren't allowing students the opportunity to stay overnight. So that's been one way for us to make sure these opportunities are available to students. Coming up, we actually have our FFA Farm Forum Conference. That's one that's put on more so by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Um, But my team and I are able to just kind of help out. It's nice. We don't have to necessarily facilitate and run things, but we can enjoy it and spend some time with members. So we're looking forward to that. Um, And that is just a one-day conference this year rather than an overnight stay as traditionally done. Um, We also had our halftime conference in January, and that one was a larger conference where we did have overnight stays. um, As that one, only about two students from each chapter are able to attend, so it, it doesn't get quite as large as maybe our mission and impact conferences that had several hundred earlier in the year. Um, But we're still adapting and moving forward at some of these events. There are masks. We just kind of are seeing what the different guidelines and criteria are. And going forward, we know we have to be flexible. Um, But we're really fortunate that our students and advisors continue to work with us and that we have been able to do a lot of in-person things um, to still work with the pretty incredible students and advisors we have in our state. So if you split up some of the conference, you were Mm -hmm. talking about hundreds of kids going. Do you feel like there's just as many kids, just as many students coming to these conferences to learn about the leadership and learn about what you have to offer? I do. I really do. Earlier in the year, we had our mission and impact conferences, like I mentioned. And between the two days, we had roughly 800 students that attended. So that was wonderful to see that many students again, all the blue jackets together, kind of a, a nice sight as a unified organization once again, together in a in-person place together. Um, and we're also seeing numbers consistent across the board. Membership is due March 1st, kind of our final rosters, and those numbers are looking well. Um, we're also seeing a lot of students participating in leadership development events uh, and a lot of other opportunities as we kind of transition back to a more so in-person year. Uh, but it will be interesting to see as we continue moving forward where numbers are at for career development events um, and eventually as we move forward to our state convention too. And do you think that some of the stuff that you have, some of the ways you've put your conferences together will continue? You've got some great numbers here. I, I do. I think we can learn a lot from COVID and kind of the different virtual aspects it put us through. Some of it, obviously, we, we like the in-person aspect, um, but we su- certainly did learn things from having a Zoom meeting and making different conferences or workshops more accessible. So that's something we're looking at is continuing to have resources available and Moving forward, I know this year we're starting to kind of do something different with hotel stays where normally we take all the students going to the conference, put them all together, and then randomly assign four to a room. Uh, However, with COVID and different school administrations, we can't necessarily do that. So it's more so the advisor working with other advisors. And if they'd like to put students together, if their district allows, they're more than able to. 
Otherwise, the students from that chapter or school district um, will room with themselves. So kind of something different, but so far it's worked well, and, and we know we have to adapt moving forward. So uh, we'll see how things continue to move forward and progress, but certainly some things we're looking at continuing after this year. Well, I do have to make a comment because the interviews that I've gone out to do with the FFA members, they have been so excited to do the in-person events again. I think taking that year or year and a half off really, I think, sparked an interest to get them out there again. Right. I would definitely agree. I know our state convention last year was one of our biggest, our biggest in-person event um, that we've had in about two years there after a gap. And it was so wonderful to see everyone back together and um, just the opening session with a plum full session um, audience and everyone ready to go. It's been really amazing. And as we've seen this year, members are excited. I think there was maybe a learning curve at the beginning, kind of in person again what does this look like Uh, but the excitement and enthusiasm is certainly there so you mentioned state convention how are those plans coming along it is kind of crazy that we're already in mid-february and we're getting ready for our state convention so plans are starting to be in the works as far as entertainment and speakers and different assignments for who's going to be in charge of different elements of convention but it is going to be back in the middle of june in madison at the alliant energy center so we're awfully excited for that but it's kind of crazy how fast it's approaching us are you going to have that national officer come back courtney will be at our state convention yes she she got her assignments for the conventions she's all going to in wisconsin was on the list so we're really excited to have courtney back with us mm-hmm. excellent excellent <laughs> yes we've gotten through the convention you're going to be hanging up that uh jacket here at convention what are your plans for the future Yes, unfortunately I am. The year is going to come to an end eventually, but after this year I will resume my studies at the University of Minnesota in the fall. I go to the Twin Cities for dairy science, or or technically animal science, with a dairy production emphasis, if I'm being correct with that. Um, So I'm excited to be back there in person. I don't go to school there now. I kind of took the year off with state office. However, I do practice dairy judging with the team and I'm active kind of within Gopher Dairy Club. So that's been nice to have some exposure uh, and continue to see some of my classmates in person. And then over the summer as well, just a couple weeks after state convention, I'm going on a trip to Europe uh, for dairy judging that was supposed to happen about two years ago um, to compete internationally and represent the United States in 4-H dairy judging. So looking forward to having that trip happening as well um, and being able to see some pretty cool stuff over across the ocean. So you're heading back to college. Does that mean the national officer idea is on the back burner or not going to happen? That's a good question. I don't know yet about national office if I would like to pursue to be the candidate or not. Um, right now, focusing on what we can do best at this time of serving members and planning for our in-person events. Um, it'll just be a decision we'll make as the year goes on and we'll see what other opportunities present themselves to. I think it sounds like a good plan. You're a very well-spoken young man sitting here right now. Because you got everything I threw at you. And I'm very impressed. Oh, oh, good. So, thank you, Ben Steyer. Yes. And thank you, Ben Steyer, for that. Seeing what uh, FFA has gone on and seeing what they're working out to get through this COVID-19 pandemic. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Rocky from Premier Livestock in Withy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as I promised, I have Rocky from Premier Livestock in Withy on the line, ready to tell us about the market. Yes, I am. I guess I'll go. Uh, thank you, uh, Jill, and uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday's special dairy heifer auction shaped up. We sold 365 head of dairy heifers. Uh, market was substantially higher yesterday than last month. Strong, aggressive buyers all day. Hosting shortbread heifers, mostly from 900 to 13 and a quarter. Uh, we sold most of the open heifers from a dollar to a dollar 45 per pound. Three to 500 pounders from 400 to 650. 
uh, 500 to 700 pounders from 550 to nine and a quarter, and your 700 to 850 pounders from 700 to 1150. Uh, today, Wednesday, hay auction at 9:30. Very good selection of hay uh, and bedding, and then dairy cattle auction at 11. Auction features over 75 fresh, fancy two-year-olds uh, that are all parlor freestall. We got one load of 40 fresh heifers, uh, mostly registered. Uh, Top heifers milking 90 to 123 pounds. Uh, they are coming out of Canada. Also, we have a good run of Holstein spring and heifers. Then tomorrow, special herd, herd dispersal. We're going to have 390 Holstein parlor freestyle cows. They'll have an 85-pound average, 130-cell count. Top cows milking 100 to 155 pounds. Uh, herd also includes 35 jerseys and some nice red and whites. We will have a full catalog available on Thursday for that auction, starting like again at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, online bidding will be available for today's auction and tomorrow Thursday's auction on Cattle USA. Questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. And Jill, that's how it shaped up. Sounds like you're going to have to warm up your voice for tomorrow. Yeah, I got a little bit of a frog in there, but I guess it's that time of year. So Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> yep, yep, so... You have a good one, Joe. Yep, you too. Thanks. And that was Rocky from Premier Livestock. We're going to go through a little bit more chores, and then we're going to see what's happening with the weather. And it's time to hear from Mike Dandria at TV 13 Weather. How we doing, Jill? We're doing good this morning, except it's a little bit nippy out there. Yeah, you could say that because, uh, well, we do have that uh, high pressure moving in from the west, and it's giving us winds out of the north. So in layman's terms, that means we're not really going to get uh, much relief in terms of our temperatures today. But for what it's worth, we'll start out uh, pretty sunny today. Highs only getting to around the low teens for the most part. Later tonight, though, clouds will start rolling in, and our temperatures, though, they still uh, will drop back below zero, dipping to around negative two. Now, we are tracking another chance of snow tomorrow, but mostly in the afternoon, not going to be anything like we saw yesterday, uh, most likely about a half inch to an inch in the Chippewa Valley. Again, that snow will carry on into about the afternoon and early evening time frame. Uh, as far as Friday, mostly cloudy to start the day and temperatures warming up a little bit, getting into about the low 20s for the most part. Friday night, clouds clear out and uh, we'll have, again, another cold night ahead of us with temperatures barely above zero. But the good news is Saturday, we'll have sunny conditions and temperatures getting right around the freezing point, which is where we should be for this time of year. As of right now, though, in Eau Claire, we're a far cry from that. Mostly clear conditions, but zero degrees out there. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. I just like that we're looking up in the weather a little bit. I've got some calves that are going to be starting to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next week is uh, looking about average. So, I mean, that's kind of sad to say, but I'm excited because that's going to feel like quite the warm-up. It is. It's almost <laughs> going to be T-shirt weather. Right. Well, you have yourself a great day, Joe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep, you too. Thank you. And that was Mike Dandria from TV 13. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with, in, with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out on the lot or at marquardtmotors.com. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Morgan. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. When you've got to have an auction, you want to work with a company that knows what it's doing to help you. And that means you want to talk to Christensen Sales in Abbotsford. Call Christensen Sales in Abbotsford at 715-223-6345 if you want to have an auction. They'll line it up for you, and don't forget it, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, they're now offering live online bidding options as well. Your complete auction facility, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, 715-223-6345. And Morgan's Weather is brought to you by Christensen Sales. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll start with headlines that keep us in our area. And we know a man who spent most of his life on Wisconsin's sex offender list is now facing new charges in a child sexual assault case. Prosecutors in Chippewa Falls charged 26-year-old Charles Zaruba with assaulting a girl in 2019, and he's due in court on those charges in May. He's also facing charges for a case in Mondovi where he's accused of assaulting two other children. Prosecutors say Zaruba has been registered as a sex offender since he was eight years old. In other headlines, one person is 
dead, one missing and one recovering. This was from Burns at a historic Door County bar. Flames gutted Butch's Bar in Sturgeon Bay early yesterday morning. Firefighters say there were some people living in the nine apartments above the bar. There was a body found in the rubble, another person unaccounted for. Fire crews say a third victim was taken to a local burn center for treatment. Nobody's saying how that fire started, though investigators say they're continuing to look for a cause. Well, in Wausau, one of the latest drug busts saw a suspect try to escape out of a second-story window. Officers say 40-year-old Lawrence Laverne jumped out of the window at Stony Creek Hotel when they came to arrest him this week. The Central Wisconsin Narcotics Task Force says he had $11,000 worth of meth and over $7,000 in cash on him when they arrested him. He's due for a court hearing later today. We take it to the political stage where a plan to close a Northwoods youth prison and open a new facility in the Milwaukee area is likely going to fail. But a Senate bill would allow for $41 million in spending on that plan. But Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says there's no support for the measure on his side of the legislature. So it's very challenging for us to just say we're going to pass a bill with a bunch of money without a site to have it actually go to, without the due diligence that happens. And that has to happen from the Ebers administration. A Senate bill would have authorized spending on the project, although plans for a site in Milwaukee did previously fall through at the local level. Back to the local level here in Eau Claire, county leaders trying again for Orchard Hills development. The town of Washington approved the plan neighborhood last week. County leaders, though, voted down new homes last June. Developers had trimmed the project a little bit to try to satisfy some of those who opposed the plan, saying they don't want more homes and traffic in the neighborhood. And today's 223, but in uh, North Carolina, there was a set of parents welcoming a bouncing baby at 222 on 222, a date you can't forget for birthdays, right, Lisa? Alberly and Hank Spear welcomed their daughter Judah Grace at 222 a.m. on Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022, in delivery room 2 at a hospital in North Carolina. Hospital staff celebrated Judah's birth by giving her a special hat with two bows on it. In Raleigh, I'm Lisa Taylor. No word on whether or not she was the second baby in the family. You're listening to Joe Welke in the Midwest Farm Show. Just after 6, Alex Edwards fires up the morning show and we're here with you, and thank you to all the crews that cleaned up snow. That was no small task overnight, but the roads definitely much better. Just take a little bit of time out there this morning. We're live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan, for that update. We're going to go through a few more chores, and then we're going to be looking at some farm news, and we're going to hear from Bob. Bob sent me some audio, so we're going to be firing that up in a little bit. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to run with some more farm news. Inspector funding requested. The National Pork Producers Council wants Congress to provide funding for USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, Agriculture Quarantine Inspection Program. The inspectors in this program work at U.S. ports of entry to stop products that could carry pests and diseases that would harm U.S. agriculture and the environment. APHIS has requested $250 million in order to keep inspectors working at U.S. ports. The National Pork Producers Council led the effort to secure funding in the amount of $635 million in 2020 to, in order to support the hiring of more Customs and Borders Protection inspectors. Even with the additional funding, there are still not enough inspectors on staff at ports to adequately protect U.S. agriculture against pests and foreign animal diseases, including African swine fever. In 2020, NPPC supported the Protecting America's Food and Agriculture Act, which gave the Customs and Border Protection the authority to hire 720 more agriculture inspectors. Farm ground rents are up. Land rents are one of the top expenses for farmers. Landlords may want more money for their land because market prices are up. Cash rental rates are up across the Midwest. We're going to be doing a few more chores then we're going to be going into markets. Chippewa Valley Bean loves working with our area farmers, and they want to say thank you. And they also want to make 2022 a great year for you with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930 or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. 
the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's time to hear from Jim Lindsay of Equity Altoona with the market brought to us by Chippewa Valley Bean. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. We did top at $1.40. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.35. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.35. We did top at $1.39 on a set of primes. Choice Holstein steers, $1.10 to $1.19. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from 72 to 80 with a top of 81.50. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 71. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to a dollar. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cow bulls sold from 65 to 90 with a top of 95. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $165 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $235 per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on February 17th. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy-five. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-nine. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar seventy-four. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar forty-six. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, eighty to a dollar fourteen. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy-five to a dollar ten. We are now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is March 4th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. And thank you, Jim Lindsay. Up next, we have Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford. You're just telling me that you didn't get a whole lot of snow over there. Yo, good morning to you. No, not much over here, uh, this part of Marathon County anyway. Uh, inches would be stretching it. I would. Uh, I don't have no yet, but uh, still pretty. I saw a report earlier this way up north, Ashland, 20 inches of snow. How would you like to have that in your backyard? I'll pass. Uh, all at once, too, yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll pass. I'm starting to check the cows and walking the cows, so I don't really need to be working with the snow, too. Now, well, we are getting to the end of the month here, but it uh, Saturday sounds pretty nice, but maybe uh, we get into March around here, we can start getting back to sort of normal, but anyway, be that as it may, um, the folks report on yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. Again, and, uh, Jill, thank you. And again, very good morning to everyone. And a summary from yesterday here at Stra- Equity Stratford. We'll start with the hay and straw auction yesterday. Most of the hay yesterday was round bales. Uh, a lot of round bales of grassy hay, selling mostly from 35 to 55 hours per bale. Small squares of hay, mostly from 50 to 350 per bale. On the market auction yesterday, conventional cows start out... Uh, Selling yesterday on a steady trend. These are the cows now higher yielding Holstein cows in yesterday's auction. 68 to 78 and a half. So far this week on the cow market at 83. Yesterday selling from 50 to 67. Thinner cows below 50. On the organic cows, we sell those every Tuesday. Higher yielding organic cows from 95 to a dollar per pound. Organic cows from 79 to 90. Bull trade this week. Bulls mostly from 80 to 95. Weight bowl 75 and below. And uh, we'll have an update on the market tomorrow. We sell most of our fed cattle here in Stratford today. Market so far this week calves mostly from 80, 180, topping at 190. Uh, beef calves, good demand, 150 to 300. We've topped so far those money. That was on Monday's auction. As we are at Wednesday here at Equity Stratford, and we have full marketing day today. We start at 10 o'clock. Uh, market cows today, conventional market cows. Oh, fed cattle, bulls, goats, baby calves, feeder cattle sale today is at noon. We've got a nice lineup of feeder cattle again for you folks. Uh, if you're looking for some uh, bulls, we do have those. Also, we do have a consignment of uh, uh, cattle, Holstein, uh, Black Angus, cross cattle, bulls and heifers. So, selection of feeder cattle, again, that'll be a noontime start. 
our auction tomorrow does start at 11. And as per usual, we invite you folks to take a look at our website, uh, upcoming sales as we get into March, dairy sales and feeder cattle sales. So uh, get out and click on the Stratford page. And, uh, Jill, that's all we have for the folks this morning. You enjoy the day. And uh, I'll, uh, what is the return date for Mr. Bosold? He's supposed to be back next week. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe you'll want to postpone that if uh, somebody calls him, tells him it's uh, one degree here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll let him know. Maybe oh, later. Oh, uh, I would. I'd call him. It's one degree, but it's snowing, you know. So, all right, Jill, we'll talk to you in the morning. You have a nice day. Yep, you too. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're going to run right over to our country elevator prices. Golden Prump corn is of Arcadia's corn is at six thirteen. Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek are all at six thirteen. With their soybeans, they're at fi- Baldwin, Durand. And Elmwood are at fifteen seventy nine. Mondovi's at fifteen seventy four. Fall Creek's at fifteen sixty nine. With Osseo coming in at six twenty three and fifteen seventy nine. Stevens Point's at fifteen sixty two. Elk Mounds at six seventeen with fifteen seventy five on the soybeans. Sparta's six twenty two for soybeans and fifteen seventy seven six twenty two for corn and fifteen seventy seven for soybeans. Ellsworth six dollars for corn and fifteen sixty four for soybeans. Doomers Buck Countries at six twelve and fifteen seventy nine. Wheat and Chippewa Falls locations at six seventeen and fifteen eighty. Connorsville locations at six seventeen and fifteen seventy seven. Our ethanol plants Boyceville's at six twenty nine. Stanley's at six thirteen and New Richmond's at six oh seven. And we've got to push through our chores here. There is a nutrient management workshop at Ag and Resource Center in Altoona today, one to four PM. Call and see if they still have room for you. Otherwise they ask for reservations for at least one day in advance but you know you never know if you really get the inkling to go to something like that head on out there and so our weather for today high of 14 low of negative four but but it is supposed to be partly sunny tomorrow high of 19 friday high of 20 saturday we're gonna crawl up into the out of the freezing up to 32 and sunday and monday we're into the 27s and Mike Dandrea said that's back to our normal temperatures. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Mark Wart Motors. Mark Wart Motors is hiring for a metal technician in their high-volume auto body shop. Mark Wart Motors offers a competitive salary with a generous benefit package. Apply in person or call at markwartmotors.com. We're going to be hearing from Mr. Bolsold here and his audio from Hawaii. And as I said, I believe he's coming back this weekend and will embrace him with some nice warm weather. Well, warm to us for right now. We're going to have a few chores after we after Bob is done talking. But so that is what I have for you for farm news and markets and information. And March, I'm going to invite you to the Eau Claire Farm Show, March 1st and 2nd. Bob will be back. And I will be there, and I think Kristen might even show up. Come on and join us at the Wax Booth. But first, let's hear from Bob. The sun is down, but the sky is clear. Temperature is still about 75 or 80. It is a beautiful evening in Hawaii, and we're going to talk to more of the folks traveling with us on our Wax Holiday Vacations Farm Tour. Roseanne Reckon is with us. Roseanne Bauer Reckon from Durand, so everybody knows uh, we've got a bower with us from Durand. And your thoughts on Hawaii, Roseanne? I love it. I love all the different vegetation and the things we've seen. I did a hike to Diamond Head into the crater, and on this island, uh, we have not only hit, uh, well, two of the four islands we're going to be visiting, but we hit all five volcanic craters today. And, of course, we're on the big island of Hawaii, but I always tell people, when you go to Hawaii, you got to go to more than one island because they're different. We've only saw two so far. How different are they? Extremely different. Like, there's no comparison. But then being only just in Honolulu, pretty much. I mean, it's it's a big city. Well, we've and, toured, the, we've circled that whole island. You're right, we did. I 
forgot about that. How could I forget something that special? I mean, it, it really is truly an amazing, amazing state because there's so much diversity. And that's part of the fun of visiting. And I'm glad we get to do more of it. And you are a world traveler. You've been all over the place. How does this compare with some of the other destinations you've been to? And they've been exotic. Every place has its allure. And I couldn't pick a favorite. But this ranks pretty close to the top. Where's your next tour after this? You're good. You've got something scheduled already. Yes, uh, we'll be doing the Viking cruise, Viking homelands around the Baltic area. And we'll hit a few more countries that we haven't visited yet. I told you, she gets out. Roseanne, thank you. Have fun the rest of the trip. Thank you. It's been great so far. I'm looking forward to the rest. All right. Roseanne Bauer-Reckon from Duran. Now, the Markarts are with us. Uh, Larry and Diane Markart from the Chippewa Falls area. And Larry, I know uh, you guys have been busy working and farming all these years. You finally got away. What, I guess, possessed you guys to want to come to Hawaii? Well, Diane retired, so we talked about taking the holiday trip trip to to Hawaii here. and Diane says, we need to go before Bob gets too old to go. <laughs> did, she, did she tell you how close she thought that might be? <laughs> no, she wasn't sure. So you look pretty good yet for your age. <laughs> well, we're still upright. That's a good thing. What have you thought about the trip so far? As we said, you guys have been so busy, you haven't had a chance to see some of these exotic places in our country and other yeah. places around the world. This is way different. What We haven't traveled a lot, so this is way different. The weather is beautiful. The, the volcano area was amazing and stuff. So... And, and um, as everyone knows, I lost my ID, so I'll be staying. And so when you get back, Bob, will you shovel so for Dan? <laughs> I'll get her down. Right, thank you. And Diane is with us now. And uh, explain yourself. Um, this is a great, great tour. It's I'm talking about fun. saying you want to go before I get too old. <laughs> well, I just said, you know, we've always talked about going on a Bob Bosold tour, and you just never know from day to day. And this trip came up, and it's like, let's go, Larry. Let's go. And he said, okay, let's go. So we signed up, and we... Here we are. And we've seen a lot of different things. You guys, of course, on the dairy farm uh, all your life. But have you ever been to a chocolate farm or a salt farm or even knew such things existed? No, no. And we did a chocolate farm here called Cacao. And we did the sea salt tour. And they're both amazing and learned a ton. It was very informational and very fun. Got souvenirs to take home? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's a fun part of it. Coffee? Coffee. Salt. Macadamia nuts? Macadamia nuts. You name it. We're taking it home. All right. We've got two more islands to see, so we're going to see something different. Have you, how'd you like to pick rock on uh, this big island? Oh, boy, the lava rock. I don't think I could move much. I don't think you can either. The Marquardt's Larry and Diane also with us as we travel through Hawaii. Two islands down, two to go. I'm Bob Bosold.